Welcome to the Marketing That Generates podcast hosted by yours truly, Lauren Powell. For over a decade, I've partnered with business owners around the globe to create and implement their digital marketing strategy. Working together with their teams, we generate more leads, more customers, and more revenue. I'm here to make your business growth simpler by making online marketing simpler. Every week, I'll be interviewing other business owners about the strategies that are keeping their marketing relevant in the long term, so they're not hammered by monthly algorithm adjustments. So are you ready to generate more leads, better leads, and more sales-ready leads online while making the most of your oh-so-valuable time? Then this is the podcast for you. Are you tired of being promised the magic pill that's going to solve all your online marketing challenges? Well, this podcast does not promise quick overnight fixes, nor a one-size-fits-all marketing formula. Instead, it will empower you to think differently and more strategically about your marketing so that you get better results. So whether you're a business owner, solopreneur, or an aspiring entrepreneur, listen in and subscribe for zero fluff and actionable takeaways. And for bonus resources, go to marketingthatgenerates.com. In our current podcast series, I interview the owners of four very different personal chef businesses, and we dive deep into their marketing. Today's episode is the fourth and final of this series, and I interview Elia Wolberger, based in New York City. Elia is a meal food prep coach, and she helps her clients save time, money, and food through her services. As a former preschool teacher, Elia was called to feed the ones she loves and decided to start her own business doing just that. In this podcast episode, she shares her entrepreneurial journey as well as everything she's doing to market her business right now. You can learn so much from Elia, including how to better nourish yourself and your family with less waste and less money. So listen in and don't forget to visit the show notes to get all the links for this episode. Elia, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm also really excited to chat all about marketing and business. Yeah. And... Speaking of business, you've built this incredible business. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a little more, bit more about who you help and how you help them. Absolutely. So I am a meal prep expert. I, as you said, I cook, uh, I do personal chefing in New York City, and I'm also a meal prep coach. And I help clients eat better, save money, save time, and have fun with meal prep and really just find a way to make meal prepping more accessible, especially in their busy lives, so that they can be successful and efficient in meal prepping. I love that. And let's just say like, out of all the places in the world where the temptation to eat out all the time is (laughs) is New York City. Like, (laughs) I think it's so cool that one, you're based in New York City, but two, you're so focused on meal prep in a location where you could eat out all the time, should you choose to. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, all many of my in-home meal prep clients, they are just frankly sick of shitty takeout and they, they're sick of it and they want to eat healthier. And I think the pandemic also helped make them realize that, but, but they just want to provide better for their families and for themselves, you know, to feel good, to be energized and nourished with just good homemade cooked food. Yeah. I, I love your specialty, like your niche. I just think it's so fascinating and so specific and just really helps someone say, is this right for me or not right off the bat? But I love this, this offer you have that's virtual meal prep coaching that 
takes the guesswork out of the question, what's for dinner tonight? So maybe can you tell us a little bit more about that offer and what it entails? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a six-week program for busy professionals and parents. So really pretty much anyone who just really just wants to step up their meal prep game, get into it, get into those habits, and really mastering the efficiency in the kitchen and also learning how to make the kitchen function better for them, learning, building tasty meals to satisfy their taste buds, you know, creating moments around the family dinner table is really important for many parents. And also just finding moments for yourself when you have meal prep that it just becomes a lot easier. Um, As well as saving money, we reduce your food waste and we ditch the crappy takeout. And at the end of the six weeks, you become a master of meal planning and prepping. Yeah, I think that's such an incredible offer. And I know, <laughs> I know personally, I know lots of people who fall into either the busy uh, professional category or young parents. And dinner is a source of stress often because it's like yeah. just another thing to do. But you know, you need to eat healthy. You know, you should cook in. But being kind of stuck without a plan. I think often leads to the temptation of let me just order something or let me just uh, whip up something that I'm not really that excited about, but I know how to do quickly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly, you know, the problem I hear every single day, multiple times a day. Um, You know, I think when you work with a meal prep coach, you really have to be committed to wanting to practice meal prepping um, because it does take some time to get into those habits and routines. Um, but together, you know, when I work with my clients, we we figure out a way to make it work for your busy life. And, you know, I keep you accountable and, and give you the support you need so that, you know, when that hectic day does come up, or when your kids are all sick, and you're running around all day, you have that plan in place to just pull out food of the fridge out of the fridge and you know, set, set the table up for dinner and everyone can eat together and it's calm and there's plenty of options for everyone because you have different options in the fridge. So it really, it really does help. And I find it so funny because, you know, many people know that meal prep could help them, but they don't realize that like actually having the food ready is like the thing that really makes the change for them. (laughs) Cause like the thought of it is still so daunting, but then you know, once they do it, they're like, oh my God, thank goodness for all this meal prep food, because I don't know what I would have done without it, you know? But yeah, it's really such a rewarding job, honestly. And I just love it. I'm super passionate about it. Yeah. I can imagine the life-changing impact that has on your clients and their families, whether it be parents and kids or a busy uh, professional couple. I mean, just to enjoy time at the dinner table is a gift, I think, in our busy world. And absolutely. then also eating healthy uh, is also a gift and maintaining your health. So it's just, I think it's hard to undersell the um, value and transformation that comes on the back end of that. Yeah, it is, it is a hard sell, honest. I think that, I think it is, it is, it's really hard for people to like, think ahead in six weeks, like how much they'll know. But, you know, once they do make that commitment, it's all uphill from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you said something that I found really interesting about they don't realize it's also about the meal being ready. And so maybe you can 
expand on that a little more? And this is me being a layman, but I think of meal prep and obviously I should probably use your services, but I think of meal prep as having the grocery list and knowing which meals you're going to have on which day. But I don't necessarily think of it as, oh, all the food is ready. And I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, there are many ways to meal prep and plan. In my eyes, I think of meal prep as actually having, well, there's a few steps, obviously, but there's the planning step. So you obviously have to have a meal plan, a grocery list, things like that. But then when you move into the prep phase, it's really about, you know, finding time in your week to have 90 minutes to two hours at most, maybe three, but like, once you get in the hang of it, it definitely takes quicker or takes less time. And you actually cook the food. So it, there's so many myths to debunk here, but you know, meal prepping doesn't mean making a new recipe, elaborate recipe every single day of the week. Um, it's more about mixing and matching, make, trying new things, trying a new recipe, making some snacks, making some breakfast, making some vegetables. Like it, it can go many different ways. And it obviously is very customized to each person and family. But when you have all that already cooked, you just get so much more time back in your in your after work day. You know, you can come home at six, have dinner with your family, and then put the kids to bed and still have, you know, two, three hours of time with your partner, reading, working out, your therapy appointment, like whatever it is that you like to do in the evenings without even doing money dishes, cleaning pots and pans, you know, and all that stress about thinking what's for dinner. I just think what a huge gift that is for dinner not to overtake the entire night, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, with little kids running around where like that time is precious and maybe you're only connection moments during the day when they're in, because they're in school or there's other stuff going on. So yeah. yeah, that's that's really cool. I like to think of meal prep as like the ultimate self-care gift mm. you can give to yourself and your family. There's a tagline for you. <laughs> I yeah. think that's an, an awesome way to uh, put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's really special and it can anyone can well, anyone can do it if you're if you're committed, I'm sure. There's yeah. a commitment piece yes. like any any service or any coaching. Exactly. Okay, so this can be done virtually, meaning anyone in the world potentially could work with you mm-hmm. on this offer. They don't have to be in Absolutely. New York. Yep. No, they do not have to be in New York for meal prep coaching. Uh, you know, I do everything virtually. We have, since everyone's so busy, we have less Zoom meetings, but more support daily through an app that I use called Voxer where clients can literally, you know, send me a voice note in a second and in real time and I can answer them, you know, whether they're at the supermarket shopping for the ingredients or in the middle of the making the recipe or warming up food for their family and they have a question, I'm there throughout every stage of of that week. Wow, that is impressive and high touch. <laughs> Amazingly yeah, super high touch. Yeah. <laughs> and let's just say like, hallelujah for fewer Zoom meetings. I know <laughs> I'm on Zoom meetings all day. And the last thing I personally would want to do if I uh, signed up for your services is be on more Zoom meetings during my free time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And 
I kind of like to think about it as a chef in your apron pocket. <laughs> I'm always I'm always there. And I'm also not only there for you to ask me questions, but I'm also checking in with clients daily, you know, reminding them about the, that spinach that's in their in the back of their fridge or the pesto in their freezer or the cod they froze last week that they should use up. So I know what's happening in their fridge, freezers and pantries enough to be able to keep them accountable. Uh, that's, I'm just super blown away by this offer. I think it's really <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and I think, you know, sometimes with the best of intentions, people try and either DIY it or look at a cookbook yep. or whatever route they go down, but it's really not the same as having you in their apron <laughs> and their fridges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it still becomes like super overwhelming because, you know, people don't necessarily know how to find a recipe that's simple and easy or like the shortcuts they need to take to make it easy. And then they just end up with like a list of ingredients and a million recipes to print out and follow. And it takes them all day to meal prep and they just give up. Like you said, like you open your fridge and you're like, oh, I'm not eating any of this food that I didn't prep because I'm just too tired, too stressed, too overwhelmed. Let me just order takeout. But then all the stuff in the fridge goes to the garbage. And I hate that. And, you know, many people don't can't afford definitely in this time of our lives, like can't afford to just waste a whole fridge of fresh foods because they were lazy, basically, you know, so I want I want meal prep to be the new fast food. I really I want to try to help as many people as I can mm. to have this lifetime habit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you have so many taglines. I also love that. Like meal prep is the new fast food, <laughs> I think is really brilliant play on words. Yeah. I love that one too. Yeah. Yeah. So you also offer some in-home meal prep. Can you tell us a little bit more about that service, who it's for? Um, presumably people in New York, I would imagine, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, more of like a higher ticket item, mm -hmm. I would say. Whereas my virtual coaching can really be for the everyday man or woman. Meal in-home meal prep is is really for people who one can afford it. And two, same, you know, you get the same benefits, but they don't have to do the cooking or the cleaning. So I come in, I clean I cook three or four different dishes or components of meals for the week and I clean up and I leave them everything in Tupperware family style and then they can go about their week as they normally would having their fridge prepped with food. I talk to a lot of business owners who have the same combination of one-on-one -on -one services and more of like a virtual coaching offer or consulting mm -hmm. offer and I just think it's such a brilliant mix because it allows you to stay really close to your customers and their pain points and get content ideas while also having a way to serve people beyond whatever the locational constraints are or the capacity constraints are. Because, you know, I'm assuming that you can only take so many of those clients on at one time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a one woman show. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> so I, I still am exhausted. But <laughs> I can cook, I can physically do, you know, cook for maybe seven families a week. And then I'm done. Like my back is done. My feet are done. My fingers are done. Like, it's just, it's very, it's hard work. And people don't really realize that. And also for the price, like people 
just don't understand. I would say the right people may understand, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But that side of my business really, it's cool because it really runs itself, which is kind of wild as a marketing perspective, <laughs> as far as a marketing perspective. You know, I get inquiries all the time. And because I'm a one woman show, I can't say yes to everyone. And I'll just say that, like, I started, you know, saying no to people. I, re I refer people to friends of mine who do the same thing, like, weekly. Wow. So, um, and I have a wait list. Like, I have people interested who just pop in. And whenever I can get them in, I get them in. But sometimes it doesn't change for the whole school year, you know? So that that's been wonderful that's a for me pretty amazing <laughs> place to be and also i imagine a lot of the correct me if i'm wrong but reason for expanding into virtual coaching so that you have other ways to serve people who could still use your services but you don't have capacity for in a one-on-one -on -one manner exactly and also it's also to reach people who maybe can't afford to hire a chef you know because that's really like, I think the people who struggle maybe the most, I mean, not maybe not the most, but like, you know, there are people who don't can't order in every night, and they can only eat what they have, and they don't know what to do with it, you know, and I want to help those people as much as I also want to help the people who can afford to live in New York City and, and hire a chef, do you know what I mean? I do. And you have this um, phrase in your bio about how important it is for you to feed the ones you love. And I think yeah. that your virtual coaching offer is a, like that exemplified, which is how many more people can I feed or by extension of my services help feed and you know take out the guesswork of dinner, keep them healthy, uh, reduce food waste, make it easier, faster, better, et cetera. And I just think that's a really beautiful mission. So let's say someone is listening to this podcast and wondering, am I ready to hire Elia? When would you suggest someone seek out your services? So I would suggest that meal prep coaching is for you if you are someone who's tried to do your own meal prep and has obviously haven't succeeded, are committed. Well, let's start over, actually. Meal prep coaching is for someone who is ready to commit and invest their time and money. Someone who wants to learn the basics of my method called plan prep plate. Also, they want to cook for their, for themselves, their family. They want to eat homemade meals at home. They don't, they don't want to rely on takeout and quick fixes outside of the house. They want to nourish themselves with the food that's in their home. They want to reduce spending costs and reduce waste. And they want to know how to make use of all those fresh ingredients that they buy, whether it's frozen or fresh, like what to do with that. And another thing is if, if someone's doing this on their own and they're spending, you know, three plus hours in the kitchen every Sunday trying to make meal prep, it, it, like that is just going to burn you out so fast and nobody has that time. So, or they might rather spend that doing something fun with their family, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you meal prep efficiently and you learn my method, the way I teach it, it really does open up your schedule. Like you can be done by 11 AM and have all of Sunday to play with your family. Wow. I think that's really great for anyone who's listening and thinking about, do I fit? do I fit this mold? And I think such a key component of this is also that 
can I be committed for six weeks to make these changes? Because let's be honest, making any sort of behavior change, whether it's getting in the gym or committing to going on social media uh, and marketing your business or learning a new habit like journaling or meditating or whatever it is, like isn't easy. And you have to be committed. You have to want it. Yeah. And be coachable, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, And this program isn't really for like the beginner cook. It's for somebody who kind of knows their way around the kitchen or has or can follow a recipe, you know, Um, because I'm not teaching cooking skills per se. I'm teaching meal prep skills, life skills, and also meal prepping when your week isn't the same as last week. You know, you have more social gatherings. You have a last minute business trip. Like, what do you do with all the food that's in your fridge that you prepped? I come in and I'm helping you through all that. So there's something you said that I feel like is so important to highlight, which is that this is a life skill. And do you ever just wonder like, gosh, I wish I could just like teach every single kid this in school or college or, or something and the world would be a better place? <laughs> yes, maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think like, I just think cooking, I mean, I grew up cooking or watching my family cook. I, you know, I grew up baking pancakes, all, you know, more of the kids stuff that kids do. But I grew up a bit like my parents were always feeding me home cooked dinners. I had home cooked dinner every single night with my family. So And there's just so much value in that and so many memories to make and moments to experience with that. So it really, and you know, when kids see their parents eating and they're all eating together, it it becomes like a routine that really helps kids, you know, maybe they're less picky. I mean, obviously you can't predict who your kid, what kind of eater your kid's going to be, but I think it helps a lot. Yeah. And just, as you say, it's the ultimate self-care tool. And if we learn those skills a little earlier on, you know, as a society, I think um, maybe we'd be a little healthier. Uh. Not only healthier, of course, you're going to feel nourished when you eat, you know, good food or or better for you foods. But also you, you are able to, you know, it's like filling your cup before you Mm. fill others. If you're not, if you're not feeding yourself during the day, like how can you pour yourself into your work? How can you sleep well if you're not energized and fueled? How can you work out? Like it, it, it literally infiltrates into every single part of your life and the people who you live with. So food is, you know, the ultimate self-care, like I said, and everyone needs it. Yeah, there's no way around that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why did you start your business and what inspired you to create Feed Your Sister? Well, so for the past like five plus years, I have been cooking for families here in New York City um, while also juggling teaching preschool children with special needs, which I recently retired from in August. But I started Feed Your Sister really back in 2010, um, sharing recipes and you know entertaining with my friends and family because everyone was always asking me for recipes and you know I love to cook, so I was always cooking and. I started a blog back then. And when I got my new teaching job, it kind of stopped. And then when Instagram came around, I I started my Instagram account. And pretty much a year later is when I started cooking for families. And then meal prep just became my niche really only like two-ish years ago. 
sort of during the pandemic when, you know, everyone was sort of obviously forced to stay home, use what you had in the fridge or in the pantry or, or you stocked your pantry before the pandemic. And, you know, groceries were a mess and everything was a mess. So, you know, you really had to use what you had. And that's kind of when I really got passionate about reducing my food waste and using the, the food I had already to help me reduce grocery costs too. Because I spent so many years just throwing away food because I didn't know what, what I was doing and how to meal prep. I had no idea. And so through practice and trial and error, I really figured out this this way to meal prep and literally almost never throw away anything. So it's been it's been quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so I'm many sure you- cool things in your story. And I think one of them that stands out to me is how early you adopted technology, like blogging in 2010 and Instagram shortly after it came out. Like that's pretty like that's pretty cool. And I imagine also hard to do while you're also juggling another full-time job that let's be honest, you know, um, being in education is not, not an easy, (laughs) not an easy job, you know, both, both very mental, uh, mentally and physically exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, towards the, the the latter end, I was sort of flip-flopping my incomes, you know, like doing less teaching, more cooking. Um, but, but that, back and forth was there for a little bit too. Like I had to figure out because the minute I got one client, then I would get a few more and then I'd be like, Oh my God, I don't have time, but I want to do this, but now I'm teaching. And so I'd like quit teaching and then pick up more clients, but then the clients would like fizzle out over the summer. So then I'd go back to teaching, you know, it was like a a fast way to burn out basically. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think sometimes I was actually just having this conversation with my husband maybe two days ago. But I think sometimes people really glamorize the entrepreneurial journey and forget that in the beginning, it is so hard because you are just trying to get your name out there and, and, and have consistent clients or customers. And that is not easy, especially when you have to wear six other hats. And if you're also juggling multiple jobs on the side, I mean, I, I had two jobs on the side when I was getting my business going off the ground 11 and a half years ago, but like, it's not, it's not a role. It's not a um, smooth walk in the park, if you will, <laughs> in mm. the beginning. No, it's a roller coaster for <laughs> sure. Exactly. And so I think yeah. it's a huge milestone to have fully retired and have this business be your primary thing. I think that's like major kudos to you. Thank you. Um, it was a big choice, but and I'm hoping I can sustain myself doing that, but we'll see. You can. <laughs> Time will tell. You can. <laughs> but I figured, you know, I had to put all, all my eggs in this basket in order to make it work. And if I didn't, it would never work because I just would always have like one foot in, one foot out, you know? Yeah, there's um, nothing like so, a little pressure to... <laughs> to exactly. <laughs> like you have to make it work. Yeah. yeah. But so far, so good. We'll see. And then I'm curious about your background teaching preschool students, do you feel like maybe you saw firsthand some of the pain points that your clients now experience? Like if someone's not well nourished or the parents are frenzied and running around and can't provide, you know, certain kinds of food to their kid because they aren't cooking at home. Like, do you think you saw any of that while you were teaching or that just kind of came as you were blogging and talking to people and as the pandemic came on? 
Yeah, I wouldn't say that like seeing kids at school. I mean, a lot of the schools offer food there. So especially in New York City. So that I don't think really was an issue. I think it was more like myself. Like I was spending so much money for one person on food and throwing it away week after week, a lot of it, you know, I just didn't know how to shop. I didn't know how to budget. I didn't know how to use the ingredients I had. Like I'd buy too much. I'd buy too little. I I didn't know, like I would just buy, buy, buy and keep filling my freezer up with stuff that I just never used. And then, you know, expiration dates come along and then you have to throw everything away. And it's, you know, it's a big waste and people just don't realize that they have a lot of the stuff sitting in their kitchens right now. So that's kind of where I, I, I got the idea from. And, you know, I just sort of kind of, you know, with the meal prepping for others, I realized like I could do this virtually Mm -hmm. too, like, and help and help more people. So that's what I'm doing. That's amazing. So, and then I'm also curious about the name Feed Your Sister, how that came about. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny story. I'm known as like a food pusher. I love to like, obviously I love to feed the ones I love. So, you know, when I would make something back in the day in 2010, I would make a new recipe or or someone else's recipe and bring it home. And my family was on a road trip and my sister, she's younger than me, was in the car as well as one brother and my parents. But my sister you know, was like, what do you have? And I said, I I think it was like brownies or something. And she's like, feed your sister. (laughs) And, you know, it just kind of stuck. And that's just, you know, it was around the time that I was like thinking about starting a blog and I didn't know what to name it. And she was like, and it just clicked right away. And it was just perfect because, you know, I love to feed my sister and my family and anyone that I love. And, you know, feeding others brings me so much joy and, and they get to feed the ones they love, you know, through, through me. And so it's just a big cycle of love. (laughs) It's the most perfect name and I just love it. I think it's incredible. Thank you. Thanks. So you mentioned a little bit earlier that a lot of your uh, business is referral driven, at least for the, or was referral driven for the one-on-one services. But I'm curious now, like how are you getting Feed Your Sister in front of new people? Are there specific channels you're using? Are there specific tactics that you think our listeners might be able to learn from that are working well for you? Yeah. So my my in-home meal prep really has grown and I've been able to say no to people and like I said, waitlist people and stuff, mainly based on referrals, but also Facebook groups. Like those those moms, they know how to share the good stuff. And I'm lucky because I am the age of many young parents who are in these Facebook groups. My friends and family, you know, are all in these groups and they, and also past clients. So when they search, you know, if a mom or or dad comes on to the group and, and searches chef meal prep help, like anything like that, my name pops up all over that page. So Amongst others, there's there's many people who do this in New York, but there's enough people for everyone. So, you know, I'm constantly just getting inquiries through Facebook, essentially, or they find me on Facebook. And surprisingly, also, I find a lot of people find me on Google, which is wild to me because my website has not been updated in a few years. And 
I don't do any, I didn't do anything specific <laughs> to help it be on Google. So I'm not really sure how that all works, but I'm very happy about it. So that's been pretty like cool to see. And then of course, Instagram is, a, is you would think it's a huge thing for me to find clients there for my in-home meal prep. But honestly, it hasn't really been. I, I think it will be more helpful and it has been more helpful to find and connect with people who want virtual coaching more so. And that's still something I'm marketing. Like I'm, I'm still working on the sales marketing part of that, but I do have an email list. I also, um, I also host, uh, monthly prep and parties and they are basically like a free offer for community members to join me on zoom on Sunday afternoon to cook and meal prep together as a co-cooking community. Yeah. And so I can be there to like help anyone who needs help and people make, we have, we listen to music, we have fun, we share recipe ideas and it's really fun and it gets people in the kitchen, which is what I want. So that's one way I sort of start to warm people up to the idea of coaching. And like just last week, I hosted a 50 person prep and party, which was amazing with a, with a, a pretty well-known um, Instagrammer content creator who was my client. So we did it together and it was just wonderful. So now I have these 50 people, I have their emails and, you know, I can target them directly for coaching perhaps. So that's kind of how I've been marketing myself. The other way which I love is especially in New York city. Like I talk to so many people. I, I talk to my clients weekly. I'm in a networking group. Uh, last night I was at a networking event. So I try to meet new people, talk to new people, tell people what I do. Um, I like to connect other people to, you know, to what they're doing. Um, I'm a big networker connector. So I, I love it. And I think that that is like, a really great way to market yourself. Yeah. And who doesn't know someone in their life who could use help with meal prep? <laughs> you know, exactly. like you're, it's, you're so referable every time you connect to someone, it's like, Oh, okay. I know who I yeah. can send your way. <laughs> yeah. And people don't even realize that like, this is a thing. Like I can get somebody to help me learn how to meal prep. And I think until you like fail so many times, you don't realize that you actually need help. You know what I mean? Or want help. Yeah. I do. So I want to mention a couple things that I think are so smart about what you're doing. And I think the first is I see this connecting thread in your Facebook groups, even your Google. Well, I'll, I'll come back to Google search, but your Facebook groups, your networking and your Zoom prep parties, which is basically that you're connecting with people the whole time and giving them a taste of who you are and what you're doing and being really referable. And I just think that's really especially as a one person business, like one of the best ways you can market yourself because we can't be everywhere all the time, even if we want to be because we have to deliver services too. So being, you know, like Facebook groups is basically like a digital community. And I think that's just like a really scalable, sustainable way for you to be connected to the right people in the right places. Yeah. And I didn't mention this, but I am also 
obviously I'm on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page, but it's basically like not as fun. Instagram is where the party's at (laughs) for sure. But I also am on TikTok recently and I'm also on Pinterest, which is a place that everyone should be on as, as far as marketing. I mean, I haven't sold anything there yet, but like, or via there, but I don't really know because right now, like I said, my website's kind of not working, functioning, but like I can obviously check the stats of who's clicking on recipes on feeds. But the other thing is like, you you can do like stories kind of there, um, idea pins. And those are like, you know, quick recipe hacks, things like that. And months ago I posted things and they're still connecting with people. So like, you know, those people might come over to Instagram and then see everything and then, you know, sign up for my email or start following me or DM me or something like that. And then the other thing, which I kind of mentioned before, is I collaborated with this this vlogger, this YouTube vlogger, and she obviously has a very big following. And we we collaborated. I mean, she hired me as her meal prep coach, but we also collaborated and did a YouTube video on her page together. And that has brought in so much value. I mean, no, not sales yet, but like, again, you have to get warmed up. They have to warm up to you and they get to know you, trust you. And so, you know, between them following me and getting my emails, it's just non. It's like constant new email people every single day. And it's like forever because YouTube is not going away. And, you know, my name is there. And now I'm like the second, if you search meal prep coach or meal prep coaching, like the video comes up on Google. So that is huge. So connecting with somebody like big, which she came to me. So that was amazing. (laughs) But, you know, I'm so fortunate for that experience. Yeah. And gosh, once you get a great ranking, (laughs) it's on Google or, or YouTube, as you mentioned earlier, like your site's ranking for New York personal chef services without doing much. Like I just think it, that is a long-term strategy that can pay off dividends. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And doing podcasts like this, I mean, obviously, like I, this is now my like fifth or sixth podcast, I think. I'm filming, uh, recording another one tomorrow. But I think those are great ways also to just get into in front of a new audience, people you don't know. Yeah, you know, there's nothing like finding someone who's has a similar audience to you, but they serve them in a different way and getting in front of them and even doing a trade like you, um, no, you didn't say you did a trade, but um, I know people who do trades, but basically like you do services for her and then she features you on your YouTube. Like that's just such a great way to build a larger audience than you could if you were just doing it on your own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that brings up a good point. Like sometimes it's not about getting paid in mm-hmm. cash, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it can be paid in other ways. So yeah, there's always room for that. I always make room for that. I think that's super important. There's something else you do that I really want to highlight for people. And I'd love to just ask you about it, but I think sometimes mm, it's easy to say, Hey, I'm only building a social following and forgetting about the email list. And I'd love for you to share like why you're doing it that way, what that's doing for your business. The email list? Yeah, yeah, because people think about, oh, what's my social follower account? But they don't always think, what am I doing with those followers and where am I sending them next? And I hear you keep your email list and, hey, I can keep following up with them. And I just would love for you to highlight why that's so important to you. Yeah, so I actually was talking to somebody 
the other day who has, she has more followers than me on Instagram. She has like 33,000 and I have 18,000. So double basically. Um, and she doesn't have an email list. And she's like, I just don't know. I said, you need to have an email list. Like you need to have a free thing that you can offer people to get on your email list. So I have a, a freezer freebie, which is basically a section of my 80 page ebook that I launched this summer called everything but the kitchen sink. So it's a little part of the ebook. So a sample and then, you know, they get into my email list, they get the freezer freebie. And there's also a, a video training along with the freebie. So they get to see my face, they get to hear me, they get to really kind of get to know a little bit about me. And then, you know, I set them up on a workflow. So they get emails, they get the, the first email, then a few days later, they get another email reminding them and then they get another email. And then at the end, they get another email. And even if they unsubscribe halfway through, they're still, they still might be following me. They still might be using my, my guide and learning something. And then, you know, you never know down the road, they come back. You just never know. So I just sit tight and wait for them yeah. <laughs> to come in. Uh, I mean, even today, I, oh, well, yesterday I got an email from somebody who, who was interested, signed up for a chat with me about my offer, coaching offer. I emailed her a few times after, never heard anything. And then I was like, you know what? I, I, I feel weird, like keeping, keep nagging her basically. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm not desperate, you know, I'm still figuring things out. I'm, you know, but I thought she was really interested and she was a good fit. And then yesterday, randomly, I got an email. She's like, I'm, I want to do it, but I need to just wait till January. And I said, that's amazing. You know, let, let's go for it. So sometimes they do need, you know, time and sometimes they need just some, you know, catering. What's the word? Cuddling, not cuddling, uh, handholding or, uh, <laughs> yeah, like just a little, a little love, yeah. you know, along the way before they say yes. So, you know, I'll DM them like, I'll, you know, I'm friends with every, like I DM at, I, I love to send voice notes to people and just say, hi, I'm Elia, especially if I like, I'm getting, I know I'm getting followers from like a specific post or something. I'll leave them voice notes. Like, let me know how I can help you with meal prep. Like I'm always here. I answer every single DM of mine. So, you know, I always am in touch with, you know, people who are engaging with my, with my content. I think you stand out in that way. Not everyone like thinks about their followers in that way on social media. They're like, oh, just another follow. And they're yeah. not like, oh, this is a human who's interested in my content and may want to hear from me, <laughs> you know. But let me go back to your email list for a second. I just think it's really important to think about your email list as you do as a sales tool, meaning you have a lot more control over how many follow-up emails someone receives than are they seeing all all your posts and their the feed. Content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't learn all of this on my own. Clearly I, <laughs> I have been in many coaching programs of my own and I've learned a lot of this in the last year and a half. So I've changed a lot, you know, even in just my content in general, like, but my emails now, you know, they'll have upcoming events or parties that they can join or they'll sometimes it'll just be like what's been going on with me and you know they're like my best friends Th those people who want me in their inbox they really want me there if they don't they can unsubscribe but I think it's important I think especially you never know where Instagram's gonna lead so it's good if you have emails to keep staying in touch with people yeah and 
even it gives you a home base when you add new channels. So for example, you mentioned Pinterest and TikTok, like you know that email is your home base where you're sending everyone when they're ready to go that next step through your freebie or some other way, shape or form. So I just think it makes it also perhaps a bit of a clearer path when sometimes it can feel very complicated online. Like, oh my gosh, I have to be everywhere and I got to be doing all the things. And it's like, no, I'm trying to get in front of new people on TikTok and then I'm trying to get them to my freebie. And then I'm trying to have a a sales conversation with them in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot. It's definitely a lot. Has TikTok been fun for you or has it felt stressful? It's been fun. I would say I, I don't post on it. Like I go through waves basically. Um, same with Pinterest. I mean, I have my, I have a, a, someone who helps me a few hours a week and she'll, she's right now helping me with my website, but on a normal day, she would be reposting things from Instagram to TikTok, Pinterest. Um, even LinkedIn is a great place for connecting and selling and getting those like high powered people, if that's what you're looking for, you know, to buy into your programs and stuff. But all of those things, I'm really very consistent about Instagram. And then the rest I do when I'm feeling great, or I have extra time, which is very few and far between. (laughs) I was gonna say, (laughs) I'm sure that's yeah, I'm sure that's hard to find. It's crazy. My life is crazy, but also great. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's smart to outsource some of that to someone. And we don't always have to have a full-time team member to get a lot of value out of a couple hours a week. Absolutely. Yeah. She's been a lifesaver. So I so appreciate you sharing kind of everything that you've been doing. I think you've been very generous with sharing the behind the scenes. And I also just appreciate you explaining more about your services. I know we have a lot of listeners who could use you. So if they were to go check you out online, where should they go? Well, feedyoursister.com is going to be brand spanking new, uh, hopefully by November 1st. So not sure when this is going to air, but probably after. So that will be great. (laughs) So you'll be able to reach me in all different ways on my website. But the fun really happens on Instagram. You know, the link in my bio on Instagram has all the the freebie. It has my prep and party link. It has my applications for coaching or meal prep in New York City. So everything is on Instagram. Well, I have all of those links in the show notes. So make sure to go check those out. And I'd love to ask you one final question to wrap up this interview, which is if you had to give someone else who's growing their business and working on their marketing right now, a piece of advice, what might that one piece of advice be? So my one piece of advice would be to, to, well, I'll say two things, definitely networking, just talking to everyone and anyone, even people you meet on the bus or the train or wherever, coffee shop, like I eavesdrop on everyone's conversations (laughs) and always I'm like, Oh, you went to that restaurant? What, you know, and then like, I'll just start talking to them. So that is like a great thing, especially if you're in a friendly city like New York. (laughs) And the other thing I was going to say was really nurturing the people that are engaged, whether it's on Instagram, email, Pinterest, TikTok, anywhere, Uh, just really nurture those people because they are the ones that are listening, watching, and engaging with you. So they they will be future clients at some point, hopefully. Or a referral source. Or referrals, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful advice. 
Thank you so much for sharing everything. Make sure to check Elia out and get all of her freebies. Join a prep party. It sounds like a lot of fun. I will have to join one myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would love to have you. Thank you so much for having me today, Lauren. Thank you. Heck yeah. You just finished another episode of the Marketing That Generates podcast. I hope you found a few takeaways that you can put into action right away. If you want more on today's episode, head over to marketingthatgenerates.com for show notes, links, bonus resources, and related episodes. Plus, if you're looking to connect with other amazing business owners just like you, be sure to join our free monthly marketing chats. You can get all the details at marketingthatgenerates.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.